Greetings to the brightest audience in the country and welcome to the Dominic Enyart Show. I'm out of town. That's right. I'm actually in Wichita, Kansas right now as you are hearing this for an anti-abortion conference. Interestingly enough, Wichita, Kansas was where abortionist George Tiller was murdered by an anti-abortion vigilante. And with the abortion fight, it's so easy to get passionate about the issue, but we have to remember to keep our heads cool and to follow what the Bible says about being a vigilante and how that is unacceptable. And so today we're actually going back to a broadcast classic of the late, great Bob Enyart, where he lays out the biblical material against being a vigilante. And so for part one, make sure to listen to yesterday's show, and then we will have part three tomorrow. Hey, may God bless you guys, and let's jump right into the broadcast. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. I am Bob Inyart, the pastor of Denver Bible Church. We will continue with our vigilantism workshop from American Right to Life regarding the murder of the late abortionist George Tiller. But first, these two news stories. New York City luxury condominiums being turned into shelters for the homeless. This from the If You Build It, They Will Come file. Condominiums in Crown Heights that were listed to sell for $300,000, $350,000 could not sell with the current downturn in the economy. And so they've been contracted with the city for 10 years so that the homeless could live in them. And these condos, they've got granite countertops, terraces, marble bathrooms, walk-in closets. And the city of New York is going to pay $2,700 a month for each apartment. And so if you build it, they will come. Now, the department in New York City, they have the Department of Homeless Security. Did I get that right? The Department of Homeless Security. And they have contracted to provide these these luxury units as shelter for the homeless. And according to WCBS-TV in New York City, there are a variety of ways for the homeless to receive such services. So I'd say, let's all go. Let's get the Bob and Your Live audience. Let's form a caravan, get some buses, see how many of these units we can land. And it's a 10-year contract. If you build it, they will come. Secondly, do you know how much money the average, the average American household receives in cash from the government? From the government. Now, remember, the government is the middleman. So if you were the middleman, let's say, from money flowing from the government to states in Africa, African nations, if you were the middleman, you could siphon off a good chunk you know, for your services, of course. And so the government is the middleman. The taxpayers are the one funding this. And the average American household gets $17,000 a year, the average household. The government is spending $2 trillion this year. Two trillion going to U.S. households. 
So they have to collect that money, and then they take their middleman cut, which is enormous, and then they send it back to us. So they take it from us, they get their cut, and they send it back. Of every $6 of American income in the country, $1 comes from a federal or state check. $1. So one out of $6 of our income comes from the government. It is socialism. It is George Bushism. It is Republicanism. It is... It's a violation of God's enduring command, do not steal. That's why socialism is wrong, not because it's less effective as compared to capitalism, not because it is less efficient as compared to capitalism. It is both of those things, but it is a violation of God's command, do not steal, which inherently tells us that God has given us the right of private property. And the government has no right to take your money to give it to your neighbor. And by the way, the Republicans do that to buy votes. That's why they do it. The Republican Party does that to buy votes. And the Democrats want a national health care plan, and the Republicans simply offer an alternative. And they're always just two years behind the Democrats or four years or 10 years, but they're always just a bit behind the Democrats showing that the Democrats are the leaders and you're the doofus. Uh, you, I mean, um, you, if, if, you're, if you follow the Republicans following the Democrats, then you're the doofus. I want to get to now our continuation of our discussion of the vigilantism worksheet at American Right to Life Hopefully you've gone to it and read through it. The comments are coming in from around the country of the significance of this worksheet, helping people understand the difference between self-defense and being a vigilante. And so the first four questions, we'll just review them quickly and then continue. American Right to Life asks, as a general statement, the government does have authority in certain circumstances, to use lethal force, and they offer these as multiple-choice questions, true, unsure, or false, and American Right to Life always lists the answer that they believe to be the correct answer first, so you know that they expect that you would understand the answer to that is true. It's true the government does have authority to use lethal force in certain circumstances. Question number two. As a general statement, it is justifiable for the government to execute someone convicted of murder. True, unsure, or false? And the answer is true. And we discussed that yesterday. You could Google the words God, death, penalty, and out of millions of results returned from Google, probably our article will be number one. New Testament support for capital punishment, God and the death penalty at theologyonline.com. I wrote this many years ago. Antonin Scalia's article on a similar topic is usually number two or three or four. So if you're wondering what does the New Testament say about the death penalty, it is overwhelmingly in support of the death penalty. 
as imposed by human government against those convicted of capital crimes. Question number three from American Right to Life. It is justifiable for the government to use force up to and including lethal force to prevent the commission of a murder. True, unsure, or false? And the answer is true. The government is justified in using force, lethal force, if necessary, to prevent the commission of a murder. Question number four from American Right to Life. Is it justifiable for a civilian to use force? A civilian. That would be you. That would be me. Is it justifiable for us to use force, even lethal force if necessary, in self-defense against an unjust and imminent deadly threat? True, unsure, or false? The answer is false. By the way, you could also watch our DVD, God in the Death Penalty, but you'd have to order it from us. It is not online. You can order it at 1-800-8-N-YARDS, 1-800-836-9278, or go to our website, kgov, kgov.com, and you can get God and the Death Penalty. All right, so now for our first new question of this program, question number five. This is a question on principle from American Right to Life's Vigilante Worksheet. Now consider an extension of this idea of self-defense. With a deadly threat, as described above, but targeting an innocent third party, in such a circumstance, a civilian may justifiably kill someone who is unjustly threatening to kill an innocent third party. True, unsure, or false? True, unsure, or false. And by the way, earlier, back up with the worksheet instructions, there were four definitions, and I'll share those with you now. These are all online at AmericanRightToLife.org, right at the top of their homepage. These four definitions for use with this worksheet, the definition of threat, as used herein, consider all threats to be life-threatening, unjust, and fully credible threats. The definition of lethal force, where lethal force is called for below, lesser force would be insufficient to save innocent life. Governmental authority refers to the actual authority that God has delegated to governments. And civilian authority refers to the actual authority that God has delegated to civilians. Okay, so... Consider this extension of the idea of self-defense with a deadly threat, but targeting an innocent third party. In such a circumstance, a civilian may justifiably kill someone who is unjustly threatening to kill an innocent third party. True? Unsure or false? Well, the answer, according to American Right to Life, is true. It's also the answer according to God's Word. And at the very top of this worksheet, this vigilante worksheet, you read this. Lethal force in a park to save a child is justified. Why is it wrong against an abortionist? So for the most part, most of the world recognizes 
that lethal force is justified in a park or on a street corner or wherever, if you see that an innocent child is about to be killed, you have the right to stop that murder of that child, including using force, including, if necessary, lethal force. So then why is it that millions of people who will state that, that we can use lethal force to save a child, millions of people who believe the unborn child is a person and that abortion is murder, millions of those people say it is wrong to use lethal force against an abortionist. So the question, of course, is why, and that's the purpose of this worksheet, to understand these issues. But question number five is answered true, that it is justifiable to use lethal force to stop a life-threatening action against a third party. Question number six. This is another principle question. All the first 10 questions in this American Right to Life worksheet are principles. Other questions have to do with the application of principles and history and trade-offs, but the first 10 are principles. Number six. If you answered true to question number five, now you got to put on your thinking cap and follow through. And by the way, in this worksheet online, let's say you're at question number 28, and it says if you answered true to question number eight, well, if you click on question number eight, it bounces you right back to that question. So you could review it and then click back and you get back to question number 28. So here we're in question number six, and it's only asking us about the previous question. If you answered true to question number five, affirming the civilian right to use lethal force defending a third party, then please indicate true or false. If someone obstructs you from saving a victim from an imminent murder, is it justifiable for you to use force against that accomplice? And there's an example given. Let's say you're walking in a park at dusk and you're a law-abiding civilian and you see a gang member who is assaulting a woman and it looks even worse than a sexual assault. It looks like he's about to kill her. And you go to intervene to save her and another gang member tries to stop you. Are you justified in using force against both to save the woman? Are you? Are you an American right to life asks a true, unsure, false, or question five, not true? Because it says if you answer true to question five. So you get to circle what you believe is the correct answer. And is this true? And American Right to Life lists true as the first choice. So you know that they believe that you should be able to see that the answer is true, that you have the authority to use lethal force at this moment of imminent threat to this woman's life to stop the one who has a knife to her throat and the accomplices who are helping the one who has the knife to her throat. 
That should make sense. That should be obvious. Most people who understand right and wrong can intuitively identify that that's valid. Question number seven. If you answered true to question four, affirming the civilian right to lethal self-defense, then please indicate, true or false, the threat must be imminent to some significant degree as a necessary factor in justifying lethal force in self-defense. Is that true, unsure, false, or question four, not true? So if, if you said, yes, a civilian has a right to self-defense, and you could even use lethal force if necessary to stop someone from killing you, the threat against you, must it be imminent to some significant degree in order for you to be justified? True, unsure, false, and American Right to Life expects you to be able to understand the answer to that is true. The threat has to be imminent to a significant degree. And in a few questions, just about three questions from now, we're going to get a list of scenarios. What if someone threatens to kill you when he gets out of jail in 10 years? Would you be justified in having him killed? Would you be justified in killing him right then and there? Let's say it's an open court. You just testified against him. He gets sentenced to 10 years, and he says, when I get out, I'm going to kill you. Would you be justified in killing him right then and there? And the answer is no. So there is some threshold at which the imminency of a threat determines whether you're justified or not in using lethal force. And so this American Right to Life worksheet is going to try to stretch your mind to think about things perhaps you don't think about every day and to be able to test whether our conclusions are right or wrong when we say it is wrong to kill an abortionist. Is that true or is that false? What are the underlying principles that we are encapsulating in order to get to our high-level conclusion? And those who think that it is justified to kill an abortionist, do they understand the underlying principles and the consequences of their belief system and their claims? Okay, so imminency. And the answer is true, that the right of self-defense up to and including lethal force requires imminency to some significant degree. It has to be imminent. And the threat has to be pending, about to happen. Question number eight. If you answered true to question number five, American Right to Life is asking, if you answered true to question five, affirming the civilian right to lethal force in defense of others, then please indicate true or false the threat must be imminent to some significant degree as a necessary factor in justifying lethal force in civilian defense of others. True, unsure, false, or question five, not true. And so American Right to Life lists true as the first option. And by the way, I strongly recommend that you go to AmericanRightToLife.org 
click on the abortion vigilante worksheet and print it out and ask friends to answer the questions. This is a perfect tool for use in a Sunday school or a Bible study or at lunch when you want to do something other than just read the pathetic daily paper and just stretch your mind, consider biblical principles and how they apply to the news of this week. So if you're going to use up to lethal force to defend someone else, must the threat be imminent to some significant degree? And American Rights Alive says, yes, it is true. It must be imminent. Question number nine. If you answered true to question number seven, affirming the civilian right to lethal force to defend against the threat of imminent harm, then please indicate true or false. A civilian facing a threat of future harm should not immediately use lethal force, but should first use either the government or lesser force to prevent the crime and only use lethal force if the threatened harm becomes imminent. Is that true, unsure, false, or question seven, not true? And it's true. If there is a threat against you, you need to judge the degree of imminency. And if there's time, if somebody says, I'm going to kill you next week when I get back from my trip, well, then you call the government. You don't take out a gun and shoot them right then and there. But let's say you did call the government and they didn't respond or the threat is becoming very imminent such that you need to use force. Do you have carte blanche to just step right to lethal force? Can you just kill the person even though an escalation of force, much lesser force, would have easily sufficed or would have readily sufficed to prevent the threat? Are you justified in jumping right to lethal force when far lesser force would suffice, obviously? And American Right to Life says that you should be able to understand, we should all be able to understand that there is an escalation of force and we should use lesser force when lesser force is readily obvious and sufficient to prevent the threat. Does that make sense? That makes sense. American Rights Alive's question number 10 on their vigilante worksheet. Think about the moment of irreversible harm. This is question number 10. Either that point in time when a crime is actually committed or earlier when events precede through a point that makes an irreversible offense virtually inevitable. Okay? Think about that as the moment of irreversible harm. The moment of irreversible harm when a crime is actually committed or earlier when events proceed through a point that makes an irreversible offense virtually inevitable unless some defender forcibly intervenes. If you answered true to question number four, affirming the 
civilian right to lethal self-defense against an imminent deadly threat. If you answer true to that, then please indicate true or false. Justifiable civilian lethal force cannot precede an imminent threat because God has only delegated to civilians the authority to use lethal force at the moment of irreversible harm. True, unsure, false, or question four, not true. American Right to Life indicates by listing the multiple choice items true first that you should be able to understand the answer to that is true. You cannot use lethal force justifiably prior to that moment of irreversible harm. When there's time to think about it, when there's time to call the police, when there's time to do any number of other options, you can't just jump to lethal force. Question number 11 is an application of these principles. Even if some of your previous answers make this question irrelevant, please go through the exercise of evaluating each circumstance. Think about the time frame differences of threats of imminent harm as contrasted to threats of future harm. This question presents a range of time-sensitive threats. Circle no to indicate which circumstance would not justify civilian lethal force immediately at the moment of the threat. Circle yes to indicate which circumstance would justify civilian lethal force at the moment of the threat. First, a prisoner threatens to kill you when he gets out of jail in 10 years. Are you justified in killing him right then? No? Unsure? Yes. American Right to Life says no. A prisoner threatens to kill you when he gets out of jail in one year. Do you have justification to kill him right then? American Right to Life says no. A released convicted mass murderer threatens to kill your unborn child after your wife gives birth. Are you justified in killing him right then and there when he makes that threat? No. A boyfriend says, don't worry, I'll schedule the abortion and pay for it. Are you justified in killing him right then and there? No. A prisoner threatens to kill you when he gets out of jail in one week. Are you justified in killing him right then and there? No. A prisoner threatens to kill you when he gets out of jail in one day, tomorrow. Are you justified in killing him right then and there? No. A neighbor threatens to kill you when he gets back from buying a gun. Are you justified in killing him right then and there? No. What do you have to do? In that situation, you should call the authorities. Sometimes the authorities are incapable of defending you. You do right and risk the consequences. Life is not easy. Somebody threatens to kill you when they get back from buying a gun. You don't have the authority to kill him right then and there. Your neighbor threatens to kill your child when your son gets home from school in an hour. Do you have the authority to kill him right then and there? No, you don't. You have to call the police. I'm not saying I wouldn't want to kill the guy, but we're talking about are you justified? How about this? A perpetrator puts a knife to the throat of an innocent person. Do you have the right to kill them right then and there? The answer is yes, according to American Right to Life. We've crossed that imminency threshold. You are in China 
and you are restrained in the procedure room, an abortionist is about to kill your child. If you can break free of the restraint, do you have the right to use force to stop your child from being killed? American Right to Life says, yes, you do. You've crossed that threshold of imminency. And you can use an escalation of force, whatever is necessary, to stop your child from being murdered. An ex-convict mass murderer threatens to kill in the womb the next child that your wife carries. Do you have the right to kill him? No. A neighbor threatens to commit a murder tomorrow. Do you have the right to kill him? No. All right. The rest of the worksheet uh, deals uh, does not deal with the circumstance of being in the abortion procedure room like question 11 has in that one item. But you find this at American Right to Life's website, top item on their homepage, in Arvada, Maranatha Christian Center, what a great school. 